Lesson one, basic hip. Welcome to the Jazz Session, the weekly jazz interview show. I'm Jason Crane. The Jazz Session is available for free in iTunes. Just go to the iTunes Store and type in Jazz Session, and you can subscribe again for free. And you'll always have the latest episode right there in your inbox whenever you want it. You can also go to thejazzsession.com, and you'll find every episode of the show. You'll also find live jazz news, links to other jazz articles, and a jazz blog. You can find every episode of the show quickly by clicking on the show archive link at the top or the left side of thejazzsession.com. Don't forget our cause of the month which is Musicians Village in New Orleans, a project of the New Orleans Habitat for Humanity. You'll find a link at thejazzsession.com to click on and donate some money to Musicians Village. Thanks very much for supporting them. This week, as we have been doing uh, for the last, uh, I don't know, month, month and a half, two months, I'm giving away CDs. I've got three copies of uh, the album that you're going to be listening to today. It's Kenny Garrett's Sketches of M.D. live at the Iridium featuring Pharaoh Sanders. To win, just send an email to contest at thejazzsession.com. That's contest at thejazzsession.com and put Kenny in the subject line. So once again, an email to contest at thejazzsession.com with Kenny in the subject line. And if you can't remember that or you're listening in your car or on your jog or whatever, just go to thejazzsession.com and the instructions will be uh, right along with the Kenny Garrett episode. If you've won in the last 30 days, then uh, you're not eligible. Otherwise, it's uh, first come, first serve, three copies of the CD to give away. That is the CD we're going to be talking about this week. My guest will be Kenny Garrett, and his new album, Sketches of MD, begins with The Ring.
My guest is saxophonist Kenny Garrett. He's got a brand new record on Mac Avenue called Sketches of MD. It was recorded live at the Iridium Jazz Club in New York City, and it features another wonderful saxophone player, Pharaoh Sanders. Kenny, welcome back to the show. Oh, thank you, Jason. It's uh, this record. I gotta say, is just fun from start to finish. Uh, even the the serious, introspective parts just sound like you guys were having a, a wonderful time on stage. Is that uh, is that what it felt like from your perspective? Well, actually, we were having a great time. Uh, you know, it was actually an opportunity. I, really, what I was trying to do with this particular uh, CD, actually, I was trying to document Farrell and I together because we had played together a few times, but we never got a chance to document it. So I decided that I wanted to put. Uh, some songs together to kind of create something that would be a little different, you know, in the hopes of that, you know, going in. So what we did, we basically, you know, like doing the sound check of that that week. I just introduced these songs and we went in and we started playing them and we, you know, we were having fun. Now, if there's one thing you can say about a Kenny Garrett record, it's that there's not one thing you can say about a Kenny Garrett record. And and <laughs> folks, you know, who are expecting Beyond the Wall two or the sequel to almost any previous album are going to get a whole different kind of thing with this with this record what were you going for on sketches of md well i mean no particular uh you know nothing i mean i think for me i was just going for the spontaneity to see because basically what we were doing like i said the songs were new to everyone it wasn't like something we prepared most times when you do a live cd there's something you play together and you decide you're going to record what i wanted to do is just pre- present you know some new songs and then see what would happen and you know what we can come up with so it wasn't like any conceived kind of idea of what it was going to be you mentioned the last time we talked that Pharaoh Sanders is one of the musicians that you talk with frequently about musical choices that you're making or, or just about life in general. And I wonder if you can just think back for us a minute to the, the first time you became aware of Pharaoh Sanders as a saxophone player. Well, I mean, I knew about Pharaoh, I mean, a long time ago. I mean, just, you know, coming through, uh, you know, through Michigan, because uh, Detroit, Michigan, to be exact, uh, Pharaoh spent some time there. So I knew about him as a musician, and also I knew that he was into Coltrane. But I think the first time that I remember uh, meeting him kind of like indirectly was that I was doing something at Kimball's East, and uh, I think it's, uh, I'm sure if it's not, it's not really San Francisco, I think it's Emeryville. And uh, I, would, I'd, I'd, I think I'd done like African exchange students. Farrell was coming in. He said, I'm coming to see Kenny Garrett. And I'm like, wow, Farrell Sanders is coming to see Kenny Garrett. And I was like, a, it was like kind of, uh, I was taken aback, you know, but, uh, you know, from that particular time, I think we hooked up as, as friends. I mean, musicians, you know, as, as music, I've, I've always loved his music, but we hooked up as friends. So when I would show up at, a, at, a, at one of his concerts, he, he said, don't show up unless I bring my horn. And so that was kind of the thing. If I would show up, I had to bring my horn, and he always wanted me to be there. And, but I would only play it in his band, playing his music. And so we actually got a chance to do some, uh, some, some live gigs where he was playing with my band, playing my music. You know, and that kind of just carried the relationship on, you know, and with, at this point now. Let's, uh, let's mention the other guys who are in this band, which is a, just a really stellar outfit from, uh, from start to finish. Talk about uh, who else is on the record with you. Well, uh, Dr. Reeves, as I call him. Matt Reeves, he's actually been pretty much on almost all my records, you know, um, probably a few that he hasn't, but we go back. We came to New York together. Uh, he's a bass, bass is extraordinary. So, you know, we had a, a long friendship uh, on the bandstand and off the bandstand. Also, there's uh, Benito Gonzalez, who's a uh, you know a piano player who's making some noise out there, you know. And uh, actually, I kind of met him uh, through Beyond the Wall because I wanted a piano player who understood uh, you know the, sens- the sensitivity of McCoy Tyner. So I called Benito in, and the same thing with uh, Jemiah Williams. He comes from Houston. Uh, Jemiah comes through uh, um, 
I will say a, a school of drummers. Uh, the first one was Chris Dave who played with me. Then there was uh, Mark Simmons. There's Eric Harlan. Now there's uh, Jemiah Wims. Uh, and they all come from the Houston school. This album is called Sketches of MD, which stands for Miles Davis. And uh, I wonder how much of that, the idea of music that kind of represented Miles and his sidemen, came to you before the show, and how much just seemed to fit after you'd heard what you'd recorded? Uh, I think it's a combination of both. You know, when, you know, with Sketches of MD, like I said, it wasn't anything planned. It was just, you know, when you have musicians who understand or have heard some of the same music. You know, I think it's easy to go through those places. But for me, I mean, Miles is always there, you know, in my music, somehow, you know, somewhere. But it's, sometimes it's not as obvious. You know, I think on Sketches of, of, of Spain, the idea was really just to play melodies <clears throat> and see how many different vibes I could conjure up. You, uh, you mentioned in uh, some of the, you know, the press material for this that this band was already the band uh, that you were playing with and doing gigs with even while Beyond the Wall was coming out and people were being exposed to it. Uh, it seems like you move quickly on after you've done a project. Is that, is that right? You're already looking ahead. Well, I'm definitely always looking ahead because I, I feel at that point, you know, that's the only way I can close a chapter on. I mean, there's so many musical ideas that I have. And I think, you know, in order to be able to, you know, to do them all, I would have to kind of move to the next, you know, the next idea. And uh, that's what I do. You know, I mean, actually, since I've done, uh, you know, uh, Sketch of ND, I've actually, you know, changed bands. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, I think, you know, for me, I've, I, like I said, some, some, so many ideas I have, I have to kind of move a little quicker than I want to. And you're only allowed to do maybe like one CD a year. So, I mean, at that point, I have to kind of start thinking about the concept. One of the uh, the really special moments, I think, on this record is Intro to Africa, which I understand is uh, kind of a sneak preview of a longer work that's coming up. Can you talk about how it ended up on this record and uh, what we might expect to hear in the future? Well, you know, actually, how, how this tune, I mean, it was uh, it's a complete piece, but we couldn't really get to the rest of it because it was a little more complicated than just going on the bandstand and saying, okay, we're going to play that. So it was written out, let's play this. And I wanted to, you know, to be as spontaneous as possible without people having you know, to struggle with music, you know, just play the music. So I think, you know, you know what I've been doing lately, I've actually been, you know, performing the whole, the whole, uh, uh, it's not really sweet, but it's just the intro, I mean, basically coming from the church until like there's one part that goes into like a, a jukebox kind of part, and then we go to the African part. And uh, so I've been playing that lately, you know, the, the complete piece. So we're just getting a little, a little sketch of this one. And this one really seems to allow Pharaoh to, to find something special. You know, I think they, they all allow Pharaoh to get something special. But I think, you know, uh, when Pharaoh heard this song in the rehearsal, I mean, just right away, it, it was just something that he knew what to do. And he, I mean, he had already recognized it. He's probably done, you know, songs like this, you know, and all of you know. And I think what happened, I, I basically just, you know, I, I introduced it, and he just fell right into it right away.
same thing, actually, going back to you know the first tune, The Ring, was another composition that uh, I was hanging out with Farrell at his house, and I came up with this kind of like idea of a melody, some overtones that I was, I was practicing on. And uh, he told me, you know, just keep working on it. You know, and I said, okay. So when we, we decided, you know, we we're going to play that week at the Iridium, I pulled the tune out. I mean, all the tunes out the same, you know, that same night, and we started going at it. So, you know, it, I mean, his, it, it, definitely he was encouraging me to do that, and I was always trying to find, you know, when you have great musicians, you know, you try to find a vehicle for them to play, you know, because sometimes you can put, you know, people together and it doesn't really click, you know. But for some reason, Farrell understands where I'm coming from, and, he, you know, he goes right there. I was home uh, at our house this morning while we were having a, a washing machine delivered, and I had this record on uh, quite loudly, and uh, the guy who was delivering the washing machine kept walking through the room to get to the room where the washer goes. And eventually, after he'd walked through several times, he stopped and he said, this is great. What is this? And uh, it was on Happy People at that point. And I have to believe, uh, listening to the crowd at the Iridium, that uh, the guy who delivered my washer is not the only person blown away by the vibe of, of Happy People. It seems like everybody everywhere loves that, too. That's true. It seems to be one of those tunes that, is, I mean, people wait for it. I mean, I remember uh, we played in France, and it was a, a park called Park Floral. And I remember we played this song, and the people went crazy, like 45 minutes. And the next time we went to play there, they were waiting. Well, actually, the next time we went to play there, they had the security at the stage. So as soon as we started playing this song, they knew what was going to happen because it was just so crazy. And so, you know, when I, when I travel the world, people wait for this song. You know, they really want to hear it. And man, I think by putting it on, on the CD, people will know exactly what to do. But I think it just happens that way. But now they have an idea of what people around the world can hear it. Y'all know how we do it, New York. Come on, uh, come on, right here, come on, yeah, right here, come on, what? come on. We're in the back. Yeah. For all the happy people, make some noise up in here. All the happy people, make some noise. Yeah, come on. a little bit about the Iridium as a club and why you chose to record this record there? Well, you know, the Iridium is, 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 is the club that allows me to just be myself and to, you know, to, to experiment with different music. You know, uh, you know, I used to, Sweet Basil's used to be a place like that where I would, you know, play and, you know, I would just, you know, go there and it's, you know, I had a relationship with the club and, you know, and I could also just come in whenever I wanted to come in, pretty much. And I mean, this is, you know, this is the relationship that I built with the club over years, and I just go there and I go to play and I feel comfortable there. And what kind of a crowd uh, comes out to a Kenny Garrett show these days? Well, it varies. 
<laughs> I mean, because there's so many different CDs. I mean, you have people coming, you know, for be, you know, for Beyond the Wall. They come for pursuance. They come for geology. They come for happy people. They come for simply say. They come for all different things, you know. And so it's just it's it's kind of hard to say, you know, you know who's in the crowd. It's just basically, you know, they know the Kenny Garrett is coming to present some music. You mentioned that uh, even since this record, which is just coming out now, has come out that you're already uh, with a different group. Uh, what are you working on now? Well, I mean, the, the band that I'm playing in now is actually consists of an organ and electric bass and drums uh, and some synthesizer in uh, Fender Rose. Uh, it's an idea I've had for a while, and like I said, I wanted to you know experiment with it and try it. You know, I've been saying for years I want to do this, I want to do this. So, I, you know, at the beginning of the year, I decided, okay, let me just do it. You know, because you know, in order for me to, like I said, to move on to the next chapter, I have to kind of close this one. You know, to, to move to the next place. You know, I got to ask you about that. A lot of Musicians, I mean, certainly uh, in the in the pop and rock world and that kind of thing, but you know, also I think in the classical and jazz worlds, a lot of people, when they find something that really works, they do it a lot because that's what people have kind of come to expect or come to hear. How do you find that your insistence on moving forward impacts your crowds or your ability to, you know, to to draw a crowd since you're not doing the same thing twice? Well, I, I think, you know, what makes it interesting, the people who know Kenny Garrett know that he's going to be moving. But I, I always say to people, well, if I hadn't had a chance to move, then it wouldn't be Beyond the Wall. It wouldn't be Pursuance. It wouldn't be Songbook. It wouldn't be those CDs because if I'm not allowed to move to that next place, I think it gets a little a little strange, you know. But I think the main thing is for me because I need to, you know, i got like so many ideas that I need to, you know, like I said, experiment with it and try to, uh, you know, complete. But I think the fans come along, you know, the fans come and they, Try to come and see what's going on, and you know they they stand there. So I think that's the main thing, you know, that they don't, you know, even though there's an element in the music that I think they all gravitate towards, no matter what you know genre it is. This album is on the Detroit-based label Mac Avenue Records. Why did you make the move to Mac Ave? Well, you know, I I felt that Mac was um, was they were hungry and they were really trying to find different ways of presenting presenting the music. And that's the same for myself. You know, I wanted to find a label that would allow me to experiment with different styles. And so I said, well, let me try, let me try this label. They seem, I mean, they're, you know, they're up and coming, but they're experimenting and they're open. They're trying different, you know, ideas, and that's the same thing that I'm doing. So I figured I needed to find a label that would give me that, that opportunity. Does which label you're on have a strong impact on what you record or what kind of, uh, kind of infrastructure there is for you to record? Well, I think if, if if you have a relationship with the company, I think that helps, you know, to uh, to allow you to you know to be yourself because you know it's a, it's a business and people, you know, uh, people with the record company they have an idea of what they think would sell, you know. So, but the bottom line is that having a relationship, you know, with with a, with a company and being able to you know to do the music that you want to do. You mentioned earlier that Nat Reeves has been on just about every one of your records. What is it about Nat's playing that makes him a good fit for you? Well, I mean. It, First thing is that he has a, a terrific beat, you know, bass beat, and he has a beautiful sound. But I think the second thing is that he's my friend, and so you know, we go way back. We came to New York together, and so you know, I have ideas, and and you know, when you when you've been performing with someone for years, you kind of you know, kind of write accordingly, or you write something that you think you know that might challenge them, but at the same time, they might you know bring something new to the table. You know, I think that's you know, with all all my friends that I try to, or musicians, I try to present something that would really challenge them. Or some music that we're inspired in, the one that you know to create something. I think with Nat, that's what I try to do with him. I just, you know, we just had this relationship, and I know he's gonna, you know, he's gonna give me what I need. You seem to still be having a 
a great time making music and and challenging yourself to do uh, to do new things. Is that uh, is that the case? Say that one more time. Jim. I say you just you seem to still be having a great time making music and finding new ways to challenge yourself. Well, that's true. I mean, I think you know, and and trying to to move forward. That's the, the challenge. Is really just trying to find something you know uh, that will motivate you and just keep going. Because I think you know one of the biggest lessons I learned from Miles Davis was basically you know just to be yourself and you know. And to keep, you know, I mean, you just keep going until it, it's, uh, it's basically, you know, I'm trying to, to, to write a story. And in this story, you know, every time I close a chapter, there's something new that happens, you know, and that's part of, you know, experience, you know, of life, some things that I've experienced, you know, I travel the world, you know, travel different places, like I was just recently in Taiwan and Thailand, Japan and different places, and I try to bring some of those, in, in those influences or in, uh, experiences in, with my music, but I don't try to separate. I just try to say this is part of who I am, and I'm sharing it with the world. So you know, it's you never know. I mean, I've done you know, like on Beyond the Wall, it was like you know the Asian and Africa and the jazz together, you know. But if, if I hadn't had a, had an opportunity to go to China, I don't think that would have come to fruition. What's coming up next for you in the near future in terms of uh, either performances or recordings or other projects you're working on? Well, as far as uh, recordings, you know, I'm actually going to. Uh, rec- play at the Iridium, then I'm going to go to D.C., then I'm going out with his, uh, his band with Chick Corea and John McLaughlin, Christian McBride, and Vinny Kaluta. And so I'm looking forward to that, and I'm also looking forward to writing some more music for the, you know, the new band, and uh, you know, working on you know, trying to come up with some new concepts. Well, it sounds fantastic. Uh, the new record is called Sketches of M.D. It's on Mac Avenue. It's a live recording from the Iridium that also features Pharaoh Sanders. And uh, my guest has been Kenny Garrett. Kenny, as always, it's a pleasure to talk to you, and I uh, can't wait to hear what you come up with next. Well, thank you, Jason. Thanks, man. All right. Come on, Nat, come on, Nat, come on, Nat, come on, Nat, what, come on, what, come on. 
come on, come on, what? Come on, what? Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. Are you happy people? Are you happy people? Are you happy people? Well, make some noise over this. Come on, what? Come on, what? Come on, come on, what are you doing? We're going to get out of here. On behalf of the reading, I'm going to thank you very much, Richard and Kevin and the staff. Thank you. Come on, they have to go too. We get out of here. Once again, Benito Gonzalez, Nat Reeves, Dubai Webb, and Sarah Sanders. Thank you. That was Kenny Garrett from his new album, Sketches of MD, live at the Iridium. You can win a copy of the CD by sending an email to contest at thejazzsession.com. That's contest at thejazzsession.com with Kenny in the subject line. The Jazz Session is available for free in iTunes. I encourage you to go there, type in Jazz Session in the iTunes store, and you'll have every episode for free, right there on your computer, whenever you want it. You can get the same effect by going to thejazzsession.com and clicking on Show Archive. You'll find every episode of the show there. And the rest of the site has live jazz news, jazz reviews, and some other interesting uh, links to places that you might want to check out in the jazz world. I'm Jason Crane. It's been a real pleasure having you along on this episode. And I encourage you, if you uh, like what you hear, to come back and tell a friend uh, don't forget also our cause of the month, which is Musicians Village in New Orleans, a project of the New Orleans Habitat for Humanity. You'll find a link at thejazzsession.com that you can click on and give them some money. We've got lots of great guests coming up in the weeks ahead, including uh, Marilyn Crispell, Satoko Fuji, uh, Jack DeJanet is coming, the Wii Trio, uh, Stevie Holland. Who else? Henry Grimes on the way. Lots of great people and uh, very excited to bring each and every one of them to you. Also want to thank the Respect Sextet for the theme music to the show. you find out more about them at respectsextet.com. And Dave Rabel, who designed the show's logo. Most importantly, thank you so much for listening to the show each and every week. And I hope you'll come back again next time for another conversation about jazz on the Jazz Session. Thank you for listening. Bye.